Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Wednesday the 20th of November. Coming up, former Gillingham boss speaks out about death threats. There was people threatening me and my family um, with putting a petrol bomb through the window and uh, with my wife and children in the house. Kent students in Hong Kong return home amid growing violence. Being in the thick of the situation, there's also quite a lot of tear gas in the in the atmosphere because of the activities in certain locations and some violence, of course. And Gillingham through to second round of FA Cup. I think we deserve to win a cup tie over two games. I think we deserve to go through away at Sunderland and we certainly deserve to go through tonight. We've beaten a good team, but... We've had to work so hard to do it. Kent Online News. First today, a Medway man who sexually assaulted a 13-year-old girl has been jailed for 15 years. Cameron Barnes denied five charges and accused the victim of lying about what happened. The 27-year-old from Westgate in Chatham was found guilty by a jury following a trial at Canterbury Crown Court. A woman's denied causing the death of a pensioner in a crash involving an AUK minibus in Shin. The 77-year-old died when the vehicle collided with a car as it headed to a day centre in January. Rebecca Hickey, who's 35 and from Armour Road in the town, has pleaded not guilty to causing death by careless driving. She'll go on trial in May next year. A former Gillingham manager has revealed how he and his family had death threats during his time at the club. Former player A.D. Pennock took on the role at the start of 2017 and left by mutual consent in September that year. The 48-year-old's been speaking on the KM Football podcast about how he spoke to police about abuse he was getting online. On social media there was people threatening me and my family um, with putting a petrol bomb through the window and uh, with my wife and children in the house. Um, wanting to kill me, kill my family if I didn't leave the football club. You know, um, slashing the um, uh, the brakes on my car with my wife and children in and my grandson. Um, and that was the last straw for me. And I think really, did, if they really knew what was going on, you know, they, they, I just thought, did I deserve all this? Um, and then I said to my wife, that's me done. You know, I, I can't I can't do this. My, my house has got, I had to get um, uh, secure, I had to get, I've got cameras on the house, I've got, you know, um, alarms on my house. I've got um, all lights, you know, security lights on the house. Um, because, um, yeah, people might say, well, why didn't you go to the police? I did. I went to the police, I spoke to them, I showed them four or five people what people were saying if I didn't leave the club. And uh, they said, yeah, well, we could warn, we could warn them because there's no rule about them saying what they say. We could, we could warn them, but I said to my wife, there's no point going through with it because I live here. My wife and children live here. For the rest of my life, I'd have to look over my shoulder if I went further with it. Um, but that's what social media does. It's 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 horrendous social media. Um, I'm not like I say. I'm not. I don't do social media. Then I'm on Instagram now only because obviously I'm in Brunei, um, and it's nice to show everybody um, obviously what's been happening in Brunei. But at the time I was on um, Facebook for a year because my, my daughter lives in Bournemouth, and it, these these people were messaging me on FaceTime and saying unbelievable stuff. You know, even on YouTube, people saying stuff. And you think really, if you knew what was going on then you wouldn't be saying these things. You can hear the full podcast on our website. Kent Online reports. A court's heard how a mum from Hearn Bay had drunk so much alcohol she vomited at a service station after driving her car erratically. Cheryl Reid was taken to hospital after people called the police and paramedics in June. She then attacked an officer as she tried to...
to escape. The 32-year-old from Pochard Crescent has been fined £300, given a 12-month community order and told to go to rehab. At kentonline.co.uk you can see CCTV footage of a group of teenagers on a crime spree in Folkestone. Shop windows were smashed, a man was attacked and they even tried to steal a coach from the Lees overnight last Thursday. Police are investigating but so far no one's been arrested. A woman's appeared in court after allegedly threatening staff with a knife at a fast food place in Medway. The 28-year-old's accused of trying to steal money from the shop in Gillingham High Street last Sunday. She's been charged with attempted robbery and is due at Crown Court next month. Exchange students from Kent have been flown back to the UK from Hong Kong amid increasing violence there. Some anti-government demonstrators who are holed up in a university have used petrol bombs to try and fend off riot police. Around a thousand people have been arrested. Dr Anthony Manning from the University of Kent has been on KMTV chatting to Keelan. So at the moment in Hong Kong there are a series of protests happening by pro-democracy supporters, uh, the local Hong Kong community and our students are of course at the moment on um, campuses of universities in Hong Kong. Um, We were visiting Hong Kong last week and so um, that's when we had the chance to speak to them and and to ask them questions about their experiences which then ultimately led to us asking them to come home. And what did they say about those experiences? Were they in particular danger? Well it's a a tale of two cities really in in Hong Kong at the moment. Um, For this situation much of the um, protest activity is taking place on university campuses And yet, if you're in the town centre, often it looks very much like business as usual. Although over the last couple of days, I think the activity has spread somewhat. So when we spoke to our students, um, there were a range of of views expressed in terms of their their concern. But we were concerned that the situation would escalate, which indeed it has over the last few days, which is why we encouraged them to come home. And what were they saying? Were they particularly scared about what was was going on and they they wanted to come back? Yes, I think they knew that the activity was not directed towards them, but it's the kind of collateral damage of being in the street at the the wrong time or experiencing the the people who are um, undertaking the protest, which they might might actually uh, empathise with. um, But actually then, um, you know, being in the thick of the situation, there's also quite a lot of tear gas in the in the atmosphere because of the activities in certain locations and um, some violence, of course. And so many of our students have experienced that um, or sort of skirmishes going past them in the street or on campus. And so we were concerned that that would um, get worse and therefore wanted them to come home for, for safety concerns. And you obviously encouraged them to come home. Was it very much still up to them regarding the, the decision? Yes. Um, well, we, we treat all of our, our students um, as adults because that's what they are. And um, so we can't actually force people to do anything. But we strongly recommended that students reflect on, on the situation and the potential that it might um, um, get worse or um, um, turn um, Um, even more violent in the streets around them and so we encouraged them to come home and we paid for their flights so that 
that would not be an issue of concern for them. You can watch more of that interview at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. A man who tried to break into four homes on a street in Chatham before being confronted by a resident has been jailed for three years. Daryl Davis targeted properties on Elliot's Way one night last month, jumping over fences to get into the back gardens. The 38-year-old from Penfold Close also tried to break into a home and parked van in Aviation Walk. A man's been arrested after apparently attacking Poundland staff during a Christmas light switch-on in Canterbury. The 51-year-old was restrained by security guards at the store on Friday and is said to have been carrying syringes. He was questioned on suspicion of theft and assault before being released while police make more inquiries. People driving past a huge fire in a field in Thanet are being urged not to take photos. 7,000 bales of hay caught alight off Minster Road in Westgate early yesterday morning and firefighters have spent more than 30 hours tackling the flames. They say people slowing down is causing unnecessary risk to road users. We're being warned to protect our cars following a spate of catalytic converter thefts across Kent. Since August, more than 170 vehicles have been targeted, many of them in Dartford, Sevenoaks, Canterbury and Medway. And bosses in Ashford are thinking of moving the market following concerns it could be forced to close. Traders say they're struggling to make a living in the current location and they want to be at the upper end of the high street. The council is going to look at it and make a decision after Christmas. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have beaten Sunderland to make it through to the second round of the FA Cup. Brandon Hanlon scored the only goal of the match in extra time at Priestfield last night. They'll face Doncaster Rovers in round two. Boss Steve Evans spoke to us after the game. First half I wasn't so happy. Um, I think the the first half in the cup tie was, was more of a battle rather than getting the ball down and playing. I wasn't happy with them at the half time and we told them. So we needed a reaction in the second half. I think we got the reaction in the second half. I think you know we should win the second half quite comfortably. All the stats back that up that I've just had from our analyst and looked at. And the quality of the play was good. We got the ball down. We started to penetrate properly. And then you go to extra time and you think, well, the boys are dominating. Do we make changes? And um, But we just believed that we were so far on top of the game we didn't have to change anything if we changed anything because of the adverse reaction we got the goal with Brandon um, we should have certainly had a penalty I don't know why we're not given a penalty but and I think the referee genuinely wanted to give it but he didn't see it he kept, I think he looked a bit 25 times to his assistant and, it, and the flag didn't go up so we um, but I think we deserved to win a cup tie over two games I think we deserved to go through away at Sunderland and we certainly deserved to go through tonight but you know, there you just look at the quality of the bringing on to the pitch with the substitutions, and they tell me they've got to make changes. Um, and you can bring people like McGee on, and people like McGill, they're just outstanding quality players. But we've beaten a good team, but we've had, to, we've had to work so hard to do it. It was a real physical game tonight, it was real tough. I think both teams gave as good as they got in terms of the physicality. I think my de- defenders probably got a few late bashes that probably if we'd been dealt with the referee and maybe a bit earlier, but I thought, apart from the penalty, I thought the referee was good tonight. I said to him, I think you were, it was three teams out there that were given everything they had to win a cup tie. We've we've gone through, we'll welcome Doncaster Rovers, but we'll think no more about it until it's the next game up for us. We have to we have to recover the boys after the extra time and, and be ready to go to Wimbledon, which is a real tough game on Saturday. But Brandon looked menacing all night, didn't he? I think he had the power and the strength and the pace to give them a real problem. I think he did. And um, 
actually when the ball went to Brandon, I thought he's sticking this one in. It's a fantastic finish right in the side net. And um, and he deserved it. He's worked so hard in recent weeks for the team. And um, you always want to get a goal when you work as hard as he did. So the, everyone in the dressing room is pleased. But the plus fitness levels are incredible. To go to the 95th, 96th minute on Saturday, to go to 122, 123 minutes tonight, still be the strongest side when, when Sunderland had a free weekend. And, you know, it was only a week to prepare for the game. And uh, you could probably tell that in the first half. They're all a bit sharper to the ball. They're winning more seconds than us. But I think over the over the piece, the players are doing is proud, and, and the supporters are. The the reformers come in when the goal went in, and um, and they were brilliant. But they they did see us hang on, which we've had to do maybe in recent times. They didn't see us hang on. They seen us try to break forward and score a second. My problems are not Sunderland. They've got a good manager, a very experienced management team, and I'm and I'm sure they'll turn around the poor form and they'll, they'll end up in the championship because they're, they're a super football club, amazing travelling support. And you could see what the Jails fans thought of it. I loved the sporting angle from it when they announced how many travelled down from Sunderland. They got they got a standing ovation from Jails fans, and that's credit to the people of Midway. And in cricket, two Kent players are in the squad for England's first test against New Zealand later. Zach Crawley scored a century in one of their warm-up matches last week, and Joe Denley was recently involved in England's successful T20 campaign. The first day gets underway at 10 tonight, our time. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.